Welcome, Nerdables, to episode 95. This week we are talking Ant-Man. We've been talking about this movie for a while, whether it was going to be good or not, and now we have our results, I think. <laughs> Maybe. We calculated all our totals. We punched all the numbers, uh, and I think we got a result. Yeah. We, we we did our equations on the whiteboard. Got out the chisel and nails and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, I think we're we're good to go. All right, join us this week are Chris, Mikey, Ethan, and Sebastian. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hey. Hello. <laughs> so, uh, Chris waves. <laughs> so, Ant-Man. Um, anyone sit, uh, immediately wonder what the Edgar Wright movie would have been like? No. Because most of it, pretty much all of it was in that movie already. Because apparently the script wasn't even finished. So, I see. I didn't hear that the script wasn't finished. I did hear that when you know that they added more to it. They did, but it's all there. I, I think it's all there, anyways. They they cut out. Peyton Reed was saying they cut out almost none of his work. So, the heist. Is but then, there. why did they fire him? Creative That's the thing. I mean, well, creative differences if it's the same script. But they said, or didn't take anything out. Around that, he didn't want to tie it into the rest of the Marvel universe. Right, that's the big one, and I think that would have been a terrible mistake if they didn't let him do. If they didn't do that, because I think that what they did was so effective with Falcon breaking into the Avengers Mm -hmm. compound, tying in Hank and. By the way, spoilers. Yes, spoilers. (laughs) Hank and Janet at the beginning fighting commies and Hydra. I think was one of the original openings. Yeah. that Peyton Reed had. So, did anyone feel that since we're bringing it up real quick, uh, did anyone feel that the Avengers stuff was shoehorned in, or did it just feel like a natural flow to the movie? No, I just felt like it was a natural yeah. flow. It felt natural, but it also felt shoehorned. Because I've heard, I've heard from a couple people that they it's said, a bizarre dichotomy. Because no matter how natural it feels at this point, if it's not someone that makes a lot of sense for the film, you know, if it's not there from the beginning. Through yeah. the end. Like Natasha in Winter Soldier makes total sense because she's still working for S.H.I.E.L.D. Yeah. That sort of thing. If Tony Stark just shows up in the middle of Winter Soldier for no reason and you're like, wait, as natural as it could feel, you're still sort of like, oh, they're just doing it because it's a Marvel movie sort of thing. I don't yeah. think you can help yourself but anymore. You know, it was at least a piece yeah. at the Stark compound or the New Avengers and they, compound. And they picked, yeah. the, right, so they they picked like, okay. the right character, too, in Falcon. Yeah. And that was my next question was, what do you think they picked the right Avenger to put in there? I think so, because he's still, you know, he's had one movie, basically. Yep. He wasn't in Avengers 2 for some reason. Yeah. You know, as a call, call everybody. Well, no, not the, not the, no, call the one black guy. Don't call the other black guy. Okay, see, they hadn't finished his wings yet, so they, you know, they oh, could fix him back up. Yeah. Since got, yeah. That, that's uh, everybody likes Anthony Mackie. So. But I mean, he was. I mean, he he was uh, Falcon, or at least Sam was in it, but not as Falcon until the very, very end. And then you see him come in in the red and black, and you know yeah. that that was yeah, his part of right. But uh, the hope was like, oh, it's Avengers two, and they're going to call everybody. And it's like, oh, there's there's War Machine. That's everybody. Well, that, see, War that's Machine? what I thought with Avengers <laughs> two is that when you see all of a sudden you see War Machine come in flying around shooting at the Ultrons. Where's Sam? Right. You know, that would have been a perfect time for him to come out, you know, with him. Like I said, we hit our quota of black guy. <laughs> we got Nick Fury somewhere in this film, and we got uh, uh, Don Don't Cheadle. You. That's all we need. Careful, you might sound okay. like Hulk Hogan. Just, you know. <laughs> no, because then they'd have to be basketball players. Um, okay, so. Music producers, by the way. So, so, he says basketball players, doesn't he? 
It's <laughs> Ethan's watched the whole tape. So. <laughs> <laughs> He's watched the whole tape. Um, no, no. The transcript, the transcript on CNN said it's it's, it's talking about the uh, the music producer that's working with his daughter's album or something. Right, like but that, what so. what he said because we do a completely different tangent. What he says is if she's going to date a racist name here. Why can't it be a hundred million dollar guy like a basketball player or whatever? That's what. Oh, okay. Did he actually say it as racist name here? Yes. That's, yes. A, that's what got him. In so that's what, that's what got him in trouble. Uh, Insert racist name here because he didn't use the full word. <laughs> what a coincidence <laughs> that that tape came out right as he's suing Gawker for his and, uh, sex tape. Oh, he's been yeah. suing Gawker for the last like yeah three but, years. But now that he's actually made headway and may actually win, I was very fascinated. It's like interesting that that leak oh, so do you think do you think if, if uh hulk hogan would have used the the phrase that ethan had used about the soul gem it would have been okay we lost that that's never gonna happen so i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah that's lost footage thanks to thanks to your complete <laughs> ineptitude with anything technical <laughs> whatever so ant-man that's what we're talking thanks, about chris i got fired from my job the other day <laughs> <laughs> they listened to the podcast and they realized i can't do anything right <laughs> Um, Rich, can you sit down, please? Uh, we just would say, we listened to your podcast. Apparently, you can't actually work a podcast or record it. I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. You can't work on the booths. You can't work on the, the AB stuff anymore. So speaking of that, the firing scene from Baskin Robbins in the movie. Quite fantastic. It's probably the, the band. I think what we were saying the other day, that people want to see people dress up as Dale yeah, from Yesterday, apparently, somebody said that the, yeah, they their favorite Marvel it. character of all time is the Baskin Robbins. Dale from Baskin Robbins. You gotta wonder. As much as we're starting to see a diversity in cosplay, as far as characters, that somebody's going to do it. There yeah. was a guy at Comic Con that was dressed up as the guy from Jurassic World with the two margaritas, like saving. Yeah, Jimmy Buffett. That would be that Jimmy awesome. Buffett. <laughs> and he had the little trend on his thing. Yeah. Well, it's it's an easy cosplay. It's Go obscure. get hired at Baskin Robbins <laughs> and then get fired. And you can keep your uniform. Because you know, Baskin Robbins can find out anything. Yeah, Baskin Robbins. Or, you know. Effective use of product placement, too. A lot of times when movies do it, it's really annoying. Like, like I still grind my teeth when I see Iron Man 1 and he's holding the Burger King bag towards the camera. I need a burger. You picked Burger King after you've been in the desert for months being tortured? No, I don't believe you. But at least Mm -hmm. this is like. Dude, okay, it's, it's flame broiled, and you can have it your way. So. The worst product placement I think I've ever seen in a movie is uh, Man of Steel. Oh, my God. He would not stop bitching about Man of Steel. Uh, like, he got out of the movie of and just starts texting me, like, there's so much product placement in this. It's so stupid. I can't stand it. They fight through a Sears. They fight through a yeah. 7 Yeah, but they the thing is, is if you fight through a store that says, you know, beers or whatever, you're just totally going to pull Man. yourself out of it. It's it's uh, they don't even the author to, of they um, don't need to show the the name on stuff like that, but I just Marvel's. I mean, for the, for all in all, Marvel's done a pretty good job with their. Well, there's a ton like, of it in this yeah. though because it's real. But here, the thing is, there's almost nothing generic anymore. Everything yeah. is right. product, and there's brands that are very. If you see a department store, there's three or four names you're going to think of, and that's it. So if you don't have that name there. Do you, you think it's Sears anymore? Though? Uh, it's no, always I, in everybody's cities, so yeah. yeah. But that's the that's the thing. Like in Man of Steel, it's like they're fighting through a Sears, and they have to show you that shot of the front of Sears explicitly. And in this, is just like, okay, the jokes on Baskin Robbins that they'll find anything. That yeah. was a very fun, natural joke. Versus like, hey, let's go get some of that Baskin Robbins ice cream. Turn to the camera, yeah. smile. <laughs> well, Ding. you're gonna make a 200 million dollar picture now, and these studios seem to not want to do it. It's the only way you're gonna be able to. Yes, and they need to learn to do it naturally. Like. So, Ant Man. <laughs> Even though we are talking, I mean, it's kind of about yeah. Ant Man, but um, so we've talked about Hulk Hogan and product placement <laughs> instead and of inability to actually record the podcast. 
So uh, this is recording, right? Yes, it is. Okay, Can cool. you see it going across? I just the want screen? to make sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've upgraded all the system now, so it's a lot better. Um, so Ant Man. Um, yeah. So Ant Man. Did you did you Ooh, like? Thanks the, for listening, folks. <laughs> <laughs> did you like the inclusion of Haley Atwell and uh, and Anthony Stark? I like any inclusion of Haley Atwell. But that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. And bringing oh, back the Triscallion. Yeah. It worked fine. I thought, yeah, I thought they did. And the, I mean, just getting, it's like they did a great job on her old age makeup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. A, a lot better than like the digital makeup they did in Winter Soldier for yes. her. But man, when Michael Douglas walked out, his <laughs> CG de-aging makeup was really good. Oh, yeah. Well, it was better than, uh, what's Clue. his name? Yeah. Clue, Clue. from uh, Tron Legacy. Jeff Bridges oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, the only, the only saving away with grace that. in that, it, yeah, is it's because he's supposed to be a computer program. So yeah, that's yeah, the only yeah, thing. Yeah. Like, I, I was able to kind of just it's a good out. detach myself yeah. from it going, he's supposed to be yeah. really, you know, he's supposed to look like Matt Smith, where it's just plastic all over his face. Let's <laughs> not start about Matt Smith. Matt Smith has plastic. Matthew course, Smith now. Yes, oh, okay. Matthew Smith. Are they going to make that movie with, it, uh, with that, that trailer where he's just like beating his chest or something and then there's a whole ring that's... of fire that goes? What the hell was that? No, it's uh, Lost River. Yeah, is that what it is? Uh, Ron Gosling's directorial. Yeah, are they actually making that film? I watched it. It was good. Oh, it's did they actually make it? Been out. Yeah. Oh wow. Went. I saw really that like to DVD. I saw that well, it was the trailer a year limited, ago. It, it was, was limited, limited engagement. Yeah. Oh, it was limited. All right. Yeah. And they oh. did. They did the whole thing with the. Um, you can watch it on you know uh, Directv on demand or whatever yeah. first. It was yeah. good. I so anyway, Michael Douglas looked less like Matthew Smith than Matthew Smith looks like Matthew Smith. Well, so. Matt, Matt Smith's big thing is because of his eyebrows. Matt Smith's big thing is because he has plastic on top of his face. <laughs> He took his skin. He said, you know what? I'm not interested in this. Bought a mask, put it on his face, and says, this is how I'm going to go out into the world. You do realize there was an episode where he was made of plastic, right? Yeah. That episode is called Reality. <laughs> so anyways, back to Ant-Man. Yes. Michael Douglas looked great. I thought Michael Douglas was fantastic. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, everybody. I mean, much like much like Robert Redford, you're, as you're watching that film and you realize the caliber of person that it is, and he's doing a great job in a fun role. There were some people I know that hated Robert Redford in Winter Soldier. I was, really? I thought he was, I had, I thought he was no great. With Robert Redford. I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, he I was, was a great, great Douglas. Douglas. I was like, <laughs> I'm not a huge Michael Douglas fan, but he worked fine as Hank. Yeah, so I've always so. liked Michael. I've liked Michael Douglas a lot. I think the first role that I really sat there and said, "Oh, I really like this," was when he was in Traffic. He was really great. You didn't like him in Wall Street. I've actually never seen Wall Street. Oh, really? Yeah, that's like that was one of his crowning. Well, oh, that is that's that's the role for him, but. You know, as but someone see, who's who's been through so much and so many iconic roles and stuff like that, to to be in a Marvel film, and again, you have Marvel films. The comic book company has Robert Redford, Glenn Close, mm-hmm. uh, Michael uh, Douglas, Anthony Hopkins. Well, they they have a great way. Whatever it is that they, but do, it's also a draw to them. It's now. whatever it is that Marvel does in not only approaching these people. But getting them to sign on. Because it's not just... Michael Douglas isn't just sitting there going, i got to do some sort of film for my grandkid. Because he has a billion choices if he wants to. It's yeah. finding... He's finding a project that he would enjoy. Mm-hmm. That he thinks is a quality project. In addition to Marvel not being scared to go to people that you would never think would be in a movie about you know, a dude in a suit that shrinks down. Yeah. And, and get those people on board. Hey, DC has Will Smith, man. You don't get bigger than Will Smith. Will Smith. Woo! Yeah, you do. Yeah. <laughs> Punch a hurricane. Yeah, you didn't get bigger than Will Smith. Yeah, when he was. You didn't get bigger. Than nominated Will Smith in for like an Oscar. Yeah. yeah. No. Once once he had kids, it was kind of done. <laughs> My son is so great. He's the greatest actor of all. Woo! My dog is amazing. Will yeah. I am a dog? 
One of my favorite. <laughs> did you SNL ever? Pieces did you hear the ever. rumor that the reason he took the role in Suicide Squad was because he wanted to get his son that to be the role? That rumor was crazy. Of was static Shock. Static and Shock. He and he is Static Shock. Is he? Yeah. yeah. That's as yeah. soon as that's, that's, exactly that's where the rumor came from. As soon as they announced that Will Smith Jr. or whatever, uh, you know, once he was done putting crystals around L.A. to try and align our life force <laughs> so that. Jeebus can come and save us. He is at Static Shock, and then that rumor exploded that that was the only reason. That Isn't he the one who put the tweet that you know, the sky really isn't blue or something? Oh, yeah. his, his, when he shut down his yeah. Twitter, the world cried. Oh, yeah. Because that was the greatest Twitter ever. And that interview with him and his sister, where they were just like, you know, school, yeah, they, is, school they, is the tool of ignorance, and we yeah, don't have to go to school because they we... could control time. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and they had like crystals that they were, they were, they and their friends were like some sort of weird name, like Time Lord type name. And they were going around LA putting crystals and stuff all over the place in order to align powers. Like, yeah, no problem. Um, I like the, the I like, I like his kids in South actor. Park a hell of a lot better than her, his actual <laughs> children. Yes. Daddy. Could be a pony, Daddy. The older one's fine. Daddy, please take this. Because he's not in the limelight. Yeah, nobody knows that. It's because it's not. Maybe it's Jada Pinkett Smith that's the problem. Because the oldest isn't Jada's. Isn't Jada's kid? Nope. Um. So the gene, the 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 crazy gene is in Jada. And once you see Gotham, you realize (laughs) you realize that's probably true. true. (laughs) Um, No, Robert Robert Redford in Winter Soldier made perfect sense, especially since he's done so many uh, you know spy thrillers. And to me, Winter Soldier is kind of like the Dark Knight trilogy, where you could take out the superhero aspect. The whole of trilogies it. in one movie? Huh? Yes. Do you take out the superhero aspect of it, especially the Dark Knight, and it still makes sense as a movie? Honestly, there's no super. If you think of superheroics in terms of powers, there's none of that in Winter Soldier. Correct. No, nobody there is is an enhanced outside of very right. little. I mean, he's he's at a peak sort of thing, and yes, he's they're both kind of super soldiers, or whatever. whatever. Yeah, but it's not. Yeah. More so than the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, there was no superpowers either. But mm-hmm. um, well, money is a superpower. <laughs> so Ant Man. Speaking of money, um, Hank Pym. Did you like the fact that they started the movie out where there's already an existence of an Ant Man? You know, he's been working for Shield. Um, the only thing that I that kind of got me at first when they when you know you realize that he was working for Shield at all this time is there's never been mention of him. As you know, within the Marvel universe until now. Yeah, but he's a blacklist project. That that he's was well, that was my saving grace with it. There, there isn't. There's nothing that he would have done, and he left early enough that you wouldn't expect Nick Fury to sit there at Captain America and go, "Yeah, well, we had this guy that shrank down and helped us fight the Russians, and he's gone." Yeah. So, I mean, there, there, it, it fits in all the different. You could say the same thing about Iron Man that there's no mention in Iron Man of Captain America, who is a superhero in World War II, because what he did over in Europe is not looked as propaganda, right. even though he's really fighting. The way the newsreel is, you could totally buy that he's just a total act. That, right. You know, that not just the propaganda tour, but once he made it into Europe and the newsreel footage that they're showing you, that that would be all staged and what have you as mm-hmm. well. So. The omission isn't there. I mean, if they sat there and said in Iron Man or Cap, there's never been a superhero before, which they never say, right. then you're like, okay, that doesn't fit. But Well, in theory, did say there were others. Anything, yeah. It's in news articles. You can go back and look yeah, at it. Yeah, and the way that they treated Ant-Man, it's, he, he would have never been public in the first place. Right. And like, Fury just, did make a comment. <laughs> right. Yeah. And Fury did make the comment in uh, Iron Man 1 that there are others out there. So, I mean, that does work. Um. So, what did you did you like the introduction of Scott Lane? Did how, I mean 
thought it worked fine. Yeah, Paul Rudd was great in the movie, so. I didn't understand the Cuban music, even though they're in San Francisco. That's <laughs> the only thing I'm like, wait, where are they? And then you see the Golden Gate Bridge, and like, okay, it's an interesting choice of music. Well, he was in it's a prison. It's city, so. so. Yeah. But still, I was just like, okay. It just, it, I thought it was, was like, very, is this, is this uh, in Miami? Was a, that was a very... Uh, yeah, now the name of the first director is escaping Edgar Wright. That's a very Edgar Wright music choice. Yeah, to yeah. Because a lot, from what I understand, a lot of pretty much everything Edgar Wright did was left in this movie, and then they had to build on top of what wasn't finished. Mm-hmm. So I'm intrigued by you know some of the jokes that didn't land for me. Felt like maybe just like Edgar Wright wrote a joke in, but with no interpretation of it. Well, there was a couple moments in the movie that kind of felt like not necessarily rushed, but kind of left open or uh, you know unfinished a little bit well definitely with this film more so than i think any marvel film i've seen in a long time it's very straightforward it's very boom 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 and you're done yes mm-hmm. like i'm waiting when he they first infiltrate the uh the the pym um technology uh the, basically yeah. the end of the movie the heist like when it goes wrong then you're going to have everything fall apart and there's going to be a quiet moment and then there's the go back into you know you have those beats and it was the heist goes wrong the yellow jacket suits escapes and they just keep going and the fight goes to the house and it was just like it's very quick it's a very paced movie Mm -hmm. it's it's surprisingly two hours yeah i never there was not a moment like a lot of movies i'll sit down and even if i'm enjoying it i'll be like oh what time is it what you know what how far into the movie are we just to see what the act break is but this and movie, the people that I, just, I that I knew and saw it swore it was ninety minutes. I'm like, it's not ninety it's, minutes. Yeah, it's it's one fifty seven. It's, it's the second time long. I saw it, it seemed to even move even faster. Yeah, it was while well, you're going right. But I mean, you're right. The pacing. So you mentioned pacing just now. You think uh, Thor is the best paced movie? Where does this compare to Thor? Of, I mean, it, it's got the same sort of things. It doesn't. It doesn't mire itself in it. Where um, Hank finally reveals to his daughter what happened to Janet. Which I pinged right at the beginning. Like I'm, she's not dead. She went to the microverse. Um, where it was was perfect. It didn't feel like just like with Thor, where it wasn't, you know, this really long, drawn out. I don't have my hammer and I don't have powers and I don't. Have them. The same thing here. It was the I thought the perfect spot where he finally reveals it instead of yet another moment where he. He withholds the truth from her, and we gotta wait another twenty minutes. I always go back to Amazing Spider-Man Two because I thought the the middle, or I'm sorry, Spider-Man Two, the Sam Raimi one. I thought that middle was so drawn out because mm-hmm. it, you're sitting there screaming at the screen. You're 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 unconfident, so your powers don't work. How can you not figure that out? We've been in this film for twenty minutes now, where you can't shoot a web. Come on, let's go. Let's right. let's figure it out. Let's let's make. It. And that's I what I thought Thor in this thing. film did really well. Is as you keep that moment happens. You get two or three spots where Janet is basically saying, or I'm sorry, Hope is saying, you never told me what happened to mom, and I don't believe you. And I think she only does it twice. And I'm pissed off at you. Yeah. And then the time where it gets really bad, and she goes out and she walks back in, he immediately tells her. He now, immediately figures out, I have to tell you what happened, and this is what happened. And it makes it makes sense. The, the motivation for it makes sense that if I told you, you would have spent what I would have done where I went away was I was trying to find her and I didn't want to bring you into that because I know that you'll do it. And again, the very end, the the mid-credit sequence of it's time for you to kind of take that mantle. Yes. I can't protect you by just leaving you out of the loop. I can protect you by making the best suit that I can and training you and all that stuff. I just thought it was it was really well done that way because it wasn't 
yeah. so drawn out. It just fit in the spots it was in. Now, there were a lot of people that said that the Hope character was a wasted character for this movie. How, what, I mean, what I do you guys know, think? I don't agree with that. I think she served her purpose as the, like, her and Hank were the things that pushed the movie forward. Every time the movie was like, okay, we got to get to that next beat, Hope or Hank were there to, like, okay, look, mm-hmm. here's the next story beat. Here's mm-hmm. what we got to do. They served their purpose, and they set up very well for her to take on the role of Wasp. Right. Yeah, and it's well, it's also the, the whole montage sequence is hers. The training yeah. montage yes. is hers. Right. It shows you that she already has, that she could take it over at any time, and she should probably, you know, for all intents and purposes, take it over. What was keeping her from taking it was Hank saying no. Be, yeah, Hank you know. would never give her the suit because he's trying to protect her. Right. Um, do you think that uh, maybe the feeling that she was a waste of character in this was because she never actually put on the suit and started, you know, kicking ass as Wasp? I don't think she need this, needed the suit to kick ass. And I, think I can see how that. other people would think that, you know, because she didn't really do much other than be his trainer, essentially. Well, she's you an know? essential part to the heist, though. She's the one that gets them into all the different rooms. Yeah. yeah. No, and she no, plans I, it. I totally and agree she, that she know, had a yeah. great part in this movie. I'm well, trying to the, figure out like what other people are saying why she was like a waste. Because character. they have to find something to complain about. She's also the one that you know realized that how close Cross was to making the, the pin particles and mm-hmm. getting you know. So she brought it to Hank. Well, she oh. just didn't want to see more goats die. <laughs> Poor sheep. Sheep. Whatever. <laughs> that was that. <laughs> we were sitting there when we were watching it with Beth. They weren't sheep either. They were lambs, weren't they? Yeah. Well, Isn't a, a lamb a baby sheep? Is it? I don't know. Yeah, it is, but... I don't know my farm animals. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Beth was like, as soon as she saw it, she was like, oh, no. Oh, please, no. Because, you know, they've already shown the guy in yeah. in the bathroom get turned... Uh, Shrunk without the suit. Snot. Um, oh, uh, Cross is... Uh, she makes a... Con- they make the comment in there about, you know, the particles kind of uh, mess with the brain chemistry. And Cross's mind was obviously starting to go, and they make a comment towards the end about the it's the brain, you know. The he's been using the part; he's been exposed to the particles without protection, right? So, so it was, and as much as I, you know, I, I give his character a pass because they do say it, and they're like, it's like, hey man, it's like, it's like, hey, well, let's get you help. You've been exposed to the particles without protection. He was like, I think Marvel's biggest issue has always been like, they're very, like, mustache twirly villains. Mm-hmm. And he's oh, just, their villains are, outside yeah. of Loki, their villains are terrible. Yeah, and it's just one of those things where it's like... I mean, that's that's one of my super complaints of Guardians is that Ronan is such a, just a terrible villain. Yeah. It's just, he, there's, <laughs> it just doesn't work in, in, in the, the consistency. And the Yellow Jacket thing is, is also that, that nod to when Hank goes nuts. Right. He puts on the Yellow Jacket costume when he kind of has yes. a, a associative personality disorder where he just kind of cut, cuts off from what he was before. At the very beginning, when, when um, whatever that, that character's name in S.H.I.E.L.D. is, uh, says something about his wife and he hits him, I'm like, hmm, that's supposed <laughs> to be the illusion that what happened to Janet is that he beat her? Oh, no, she's dead. Okay, that's better. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was one of the big questions before the movie Could have been came. towards that, too. If that could have been, yeah. But a lot of people were wondering if they were going to add that aspect to Hank. Well, they, they, they allude to it. Not yes. that he beat her, but uh, his anger issues and his issues with connecting with people came from overexposure to the particles over time. Mm-hmm. So then not that he went crazy, but the suit's protection is what kept him from going insane. But he still doesn't deal with people well because of it. Right. 
Um, I will say that's a really well designed suit for 1950 something. <coughs> Yeah, 1960s. <laughs> Look at that suit. I'm like, yeah, he didn't design that in 1963. Did you like the the or original wasp suit to match Hanks? Yeah, and then, yeah I don't you know, remember, really remember seeing. It was basically, it. I mean, the the helmet and the wings were really the the big defining. Yes, you know, like the that was helmet, the only difference between the, the, the two. helmet was a little more streamlined and she had wings, but I'm fine with that. That they, they were matching. It's supposed suits. to be the same technology, right? So. Yeah, and then she started changing her costume every. Six issues. Well, no, but that's what I liked. That was they were, you know, it looked like they were a team, you know, mm-hmm. you know yeah. wearing the same colors and everything. And then, especially when they you see the end of it, and there's the reveal of the prototype wasp costume. Yeah, I mm-hmm. really, I, I liked that design. I thought that was yeah. really good. I thought it was a great the incorporation. Design reminds me a lot of um, there was an Avengers cartoon like in the nineties. Yes, it was very, very. The design work in it, I thought, was fantastic, and the wasp in it looked great. And I kind of thought of that when I saw that. That last suit. Well, it had the the same kind of color scheme as the Iron Legion, you know, the blue, the blue white, and, and gold. Yeah. No, it was it was red, it was red, yellow, and black. No, which one did you end. see? At the end, it was like at the blue end, and yeah, yeah, the, the one at the, the end, end yeah. is white and blue. Well, yeah, it's like blue, silver, and white. Yeah, yeah. Because there's not a lot to it. No, it's yeah. like the gauntlets and, was, and the helmet, and it's unfinished. So yeah, like, like this, the suit isn't there. It's like gauntlets and the belt and the and wings. then like a there's body a helmet. chest, yeah, and yeah. the helmet, like part of a bodysuit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the supporting characters in this? I loved his crew. Uh, Michael Luis. Pena yeah. stole this movie. Yeah. I think <laughs> his fast explanation scenes were. I, I loved them. They were brilliant. And they really remind me of an Edgar Wright type. And that's yeah. not his. Yeah, I know. And which is crazy. The um, His voiceover explaining how he got the information and using his voice on top of everyone else isn't his idea at all. It's all Peyton Reed. Right. Which is one of those things like the most Edgar Wright thing in the entire movie is something Edgar Wright didn't write into the film. I know. Because <laughs> when I first saw it, I was like, I wonder if that was you know part of the original script. But mm. now that you say that, it, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Peyton Reed has done stuff a little bit like that, but not as much as Edgar has. Right. But still one of those things where it's like, it's like uh, Edgar Wright's like, signature. Doing yeah. like the, and then it's like, it's like, oh, he didn't put that in the script. And that just speaks to even more. It's like, it wasn't even finished. So Yeah. And they've said that. It's like, no, his script wasn't finished. And, and, and I love that they, the fact that they when they, they did the cut scenes to each one, you know, as he's telling the story and it, you could tell. I, at first, I couldn't tell if they were speeding up their, you know, their dialogue to kind of match the the cadence of the the voiceover, or if they just, you know, had the the voiceover first and allowed the the actors to, you know. I think it's the second part. I think the they had that scene already shot with Michael Pena doing the the explanation of everything, and then the actors were just trying to, you know, match it to, you Cause know, they matched it pretty damn good. Yeah. Yeah. I, I was impressed with that. I still like the fact that I think everybody should go watch that clip from when Michael Pena was on Jimmy Fallon and him explaining where the character comes from. Like, his character is based off a friend of his. And yeah. so I think everybody should just watch that because it's hilarious that the way that he talks about his friend Pablo, which the character is based off of. He's like, he's the stoner Wait. that doesn't do any drugs. Wasn't Pablo the one that we were playing against in Halo? Yes. <laughs> it's always been Pablo. In Columbia? Yes. He's like he always no, has a, he always has a look that he's stoned, but he never does drugs. So he's always like happy, like the half like half open eyes. I was like, hey man, it's so he's, cool. He's naturally high. Yeah, high he's, high, cool. high, he's high on life. Yeah. Uh, was there anything about this movie that you guys didn't feel fit or didn't like about it? The only thing that I said I had an issue with was in his crew, the Russian. There's no reason for that kid to be Russian. 
They just didn't do anything with him that as made a, it yeah, but it, I think he's supposed to. It's supposed to be like the ragtag group and no, I get that, I, but it was just sort of like they didn't. Really well, I think do the, much with the, it. I mean, he was the he the was the hacker. Joke. Yeah, but nothing, so. nothing in his speech or anything. It's not like like Drax and Guardians. The whole thing with Drax taking everything literally is a reoccurring joke that goes the whole way. This kid being Russian with the accent, none of his jokes or anything or anything that he says. That's supposed to be funny. Fits at all? I know he that gypsy joke made me fall in love with the character when he sees the suit change and he goes, yeah. "This is the work of gypsies." Oh yeah, I give you that. That was great. <laughs> and I was just like, "All right, I'm, I like you all." Even Ti was really, really good in the movie. And just um, all of them, like, oh boy. This yeah, is I, forgot, I forgot about the gypsy part. <laughs> this is the work of gypsies. This is the work of gypsies. <laughs> Do um, okay. Take it back. Because <laughs> you were, it wasn't. Did you have a problem with the character? It was just that you didn't feel no, his accent was like, needed. There, I didn't understand why he was, you know, Russian or Eastern European. Because he was a hacker. He was in jail too. So was was hackers, like, all, hackers are only well, just yeah. But Russian? no, there's a lot of there's a lot. Yeah, of Edward Russian Snowden hackers, was a hacker so. too, and he was from the United States. <laughs> yeah, and he went to Russia, so maybe that's it. That's why I yeah. run through Russia in my country. Computers so what you're saying hackers. is the Sony hackers were all Russian. Probably. Okay. I thought they were North Korean. No, yeah, they were North Korean. <laughs> oh, wait, they weren't. Maybe they were, like, cause oh, because North Korea is right there. A total of six people in that country have access to the internet. <laughs> um, and all six of them are Kim Jong Un. <laughs> <laughs> um, speaking of that. Of best Korea. Did you, I mean, you, you said you liked the heist. Did you, did you really like, like the crew and the way that, you know, they interacted, especially during the heist? No, I, like I said, I liked the movie. It wasn't anything that like blew me away. I didn't walk out of it like I walked out of Winter Soldier. But I also didn't walk out of it like when I walked out of Guardians and said, I don't want to understand why everybody says this is the greatest Marvel film that ever existed. It's good, but it's not amazing. So, you know, I kind of, I, I enjoyed it and it was good and it was fun. I still don't understand the fascination with people trying to decipher which Marvel film, which Marvel film is the best Marvel film out there. Yeah, it's but like, you only say that because you think old. Iron Man 2 was amazing. Because <laughs> no. well, now you just killed the whole thing that I was going to get to in just a little bit. Of, you know, Because we always do this with every one of the Marvel films. This uh, Ant-Man has its faults, but it was also the most fun I've had watching a, a Marvel movie in a, in a while. And yeah. that's not to say, like, Avengers 2 I enjoyed more than Avengers 1, but even Avengers 2 has its problems. But with you really Ant- enjoyed Avengers 2 more than 1? Yes. Interesting. Was, I liked you a lot, it, but it was, I didn't enjoy it, was, it, more than it, one. it actually had a story, whereas the first one is just big explosions, team up, and that's how they sold the movie. And this is like, okay, I'm actually seeing character moments. I'm actually <laughs> seeing a, a, a progression of the universe. The first one is just like, we're going to do all of the Avengers in it's one movie. It's interesting to love it. Going back to what you said of having the most fun in a film, <laughs> this is what everyone said last year for Guardians. Mm-hmm. Was as soon as they walked out of Guardians, mm-hmm. like, I enjoyed the Guardians a lot. Four, yeah, and no, it was a year. fun movie. But I mean, when it's been a year, like just watching, just like like for like an action movie and a heist movie, it's just like this movie is just a lot of fun. See, that's why for Winter Soldier I loved movie. so much because it was so it was such an action picture, an yes. action thriller, mm-hmm. and a, you know, a ton of martial arts and gunplay yeah. and and fighting something like that. I loved that film for that reason. And that's the one that I had a lot of fun with. The thing with this is it did, and, and I'm saying this not as a negative, but also not as a positive. It did exactly what I said that I thought it was when I saw the trailer. And I said, it's just going to be a Marvel movie. And yeah. it was. It was a Marvel film. Right. But you said, but you had said it's everything we've seen before. Did you still feel that way? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it's got more humor, but it's not like, 
I mean, the original Thor has a ton of humor in it, too. Right. Obviously, Guardians has a ton of humor in it as well. But whether here, you said it, it lands or not. Another problem that you've also said before is that they spend too much time on the origin. And I feel like they didn't spend a lot of time on the origin with this one. Well, it that's what's great of, in the pacing yeah. of this. And, and the origin of Ant-Man is really easy. I developed this formula, and I use it in a suit, and I can shrink. Yeah. Well, and I'm strong when, I'm, when I shrink. Yeah, and that's it. Yeah. The but also him getting used to, like... How to use the suit and all that stuff, like the whole training portion they have with him. Montage. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't do that it long. In a montage. But well, that's with, why you do it in the montage. With yeah. Marvel Studios, they don't really spend a lot of time on the origins. Even think about Cap. The you know the first well, Avenger movie. Cap spends its first two thirds getting him into Europe. That's the problem with Cap. Right. And everybody either loves that part or they think that part's kind of overwrought because it takes a long time for him to finally become Cap. And I, you'd even, for me, my argument's been. Cap isn't Cap enough. Avengers, Cap isn't Cap enough. It isn't until Winter Soldier where I finally looked at it and said, that's Captain America. And you had to get to that point. Right. And I understood that, but I still thought they took way too much time to Mm. get to it. Because in the first Cap, the only moment that is... um, uh, 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 That is like so Cap is when... He rescues the guy and he walks it back into the camp. Right. As, you know, the, the conquering rescuer that comes back with all these guys. And then you keep going and there's nothing else well, there. Well, I mean, that was the moment that he really, in Captain America, that he really becomes Captain America. You know, I, I, I would agree with that. Because when you, like, Winter Soldier, like, they just, the display of his powers is fantastic. Just very creative and very much like the comics. And then you jump to Avengers 2 and just Joss Whedon with his lack of imagination in almost everything he does. And I'm going to get shot for that. <laughs> oh, no, not, not on this podcast. Still, I'm just kind of glaring at this. Still, still has like, oh, look at me. I'm running on taxi cabs. Look how athletic I am. And it's like, really? You you didn't, did you not watch Winter Soldier and have him, you know, beat down a, a Quinjet? Yeah. And you're still having him run on taxi cabs and like cars and that. Oh, his his display of prowess is I can jump over hoods and and leap <laughs> over obstacles. And you've got. Well, he threw the motorcycle. Yeah, but again, that's it. That's the that's it, and that's momentum from the motorcycle, basically, as it's already going seventy <laughs> miles per hour. There's no through like, the woods. That's not him jumping onto a Quinjet and throwing his shield and being just badass. Okay. And this well, is, that's it. Everything in, in Winter Soldier. One of the reasons I love it is it's choreographed so it incredibly is. well. It's choreographed as a martial arts film, and they don't use the slow mo. They do, I mean, it's just it's in your face. His fight with Batrock is amazing. I was just going to say that. It is literally. Yeah. It's it's just a kung fu movie. Yes, yeah. that that, or that part of it. It's just here we go, and, and so many of those shots are long shots. Yeah, there was no slow jumping, motion. There's no slow motion. The only slow motion in that entire film is when he hits the water. Yeah, that's it. Oh, yeah. And 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 it's used effectively because that's the only time you see everything slow down. Oh, the, um, the happiest moment for me for any Marvel movie was hearing Joss Whedon quit, and then <laughs> that the guys who did Winter Soldier will be taking over the directing duties on the next Avengers movies. Like perfect. Because now I'm going to see, like, what are they going to do with Ant-Man? Because that's going to be pretty yeah. great as far as I'm Because see, they have him in Civil War. It's like, all right, good use of powers in this movie. What are they going to do with it? See, yeah. I think I think it makes sense they're for the reason. They're going to have Iron Man. It's like, all right, what creativity are they going to do with Iron Man and Thor and all the guys coming back for yeah. Civil War? It's like, I am sold. I, I think it I'm makes sense. I'm interested to see how much of those people are actually in Civil War. Like, how much right. each of them will be in it rather than just the little pieces. Right. 
because I really don't think you're going to see like Thor fighting Hulk again or right. or anything like that. It, it's going to be their kind of pawns and, and party scenes and that sort of like you know. It'll be interesting to see and, because Tony Stark is in the movie, Scott Lang is in the movie. We're supposedly going to be getting like the first cameo of Black Panther. I think Black Panther's Black in, Panther's in it. Spider Man. Spider Man's in, in well. it. Whatever Martin Freeman is playing is yeah. in it. Uh, basically, everybody's in it except Wasp. Because and, they, they've already admitted that they cut her scene out. Yeah. yeah, which I still think that that may end up being in there at some point. Yeah, or you'll see her in the... I think, I think it's sort of the same thing. They may not want to introduce her there. Just like, wasn't wasn't like someone was supposed to be in Avengers 2? Yeah, it was somewhere. supposed to be Captain Marvel. Yeah, so they were just like, we don't want to waste that right here. So. Yeah. Well, that's also, they did the same thing in Iron Man 3. They were supposed to be a Guardians... Mm-hmm. Tie in and they cut that out. Oh, that's too. right, because the very end of it, he was supposed to go into space. Yeah, yeah. Like, ah, maybe we won't do this. But it's it's interesting because Ant Man is the only other movie that actually ties into Civil War, apart from Winter Soldier. Everything else has just actively ignored, like the the coming Civil War and this big deal. And then he gets like Avengers two. Eh, we're all friends. We're all happy. Well, Let's I think Avengers two has Hawkeye's that's wife. that's problem problem part of the problem with it. In Avengers 2, is there are those moments and they feel so forced outside of Tony's yeah. dream, right? Where Tony thinks that he's he's destroyed the Avengers, that to me fit perfectly. But when they're on the farm and Tony and Steve start yelling at each other, you know, as they're cutting wood or whatever, it doesn't fit, right? I'm like, you guys are in the middle. You just got your asses handed to you. You're trying to figure this whole thing out, and you're you know you're sitting here arguing about. I don't even remember what it was. It's about him keeping secrets. It's about yeah. Tony. So that, and that's the thing is the secrets part of it is not the argument you should be having. Felt so forced in that film versus even the first Avengers about about, about Nick. Yeah. You know, with with Steve accusing Nick of keeping secrets from him, of using Hydra technology, of using the cube, of using these things as as weapons of war instead of you know you told me you got rid of it and you're trying to make plasma weapons out of it so that you could shoot Thor. This doesn't make any... That fit there, right. where I thought in Avengers 2, it didn't at all. Even Did, the secrets in, in Cap 2. I mean, the things where when they get down to the to the sub-level and Steve's like, these are done. And now you show me? Yeah. Now you're telling me I've got these three carriers that go live in 72 hours that can destroy the entire world with little micro bullets. This, this isn't working. And it totally fits there because you can see Steve start to go, I don't want to be a part of any of this. The end of the end of the movie. But you don't. I don't know if you I don't think that that the whole scene with them, uh, when uh, when Banner and Tony admit to starting to create the Ultron program, that when they have that riff right there in the in the lab, you don't think that works. I think there's it works, scenes that work, and there's scenes that don't. They're the, they're trying to bring all of these different things into it, and again, it's you're you're too involved in knowing what's coming that you can't help but see it in front of your face and you're seeing it as a fan that knows Civil War is next and knows the, the, the basis of it, you're watching it going, oh, they just put that in there because of Civil War. Oh, that line's in there because of Civil War. Oh, that line's... The same thing, but do you think that, here. You get to that final credit sequence, it makes no sense in that film. No, it does, it, and I agree with you. It doesn't make sense in that film. And, but but you can also to... argue that the Thor one doesn't make sense at what the end of... What the hell was that at the end of? Oh, Dark World... No, the the when they first see the hammer in the oh, yeah. in the in the thing or whatever, 
Oh, oh Iron, it was Iron, Iron Man, Man 2. 2. It was Iron Man 2. Well, yeah. no. Honestly, you look at it and go, that doesn't fit either. Yeah, but Coulson makes the comment that he's leaving because he's got to go That's handle true. a matter in well, New Mexico. Not so much that they don't make sense, but that in the first, in phase one, quote unquote, whatever eventually the phases become, like there was a clear, you know, linear, tiny story that runs across all the movies. We're assembling the Avengers. Right. Hulk. These you know. different people, and Coulson yeah. has to and meet then, them all, and, and stuff then like that. In Phase Two, you're supposed to get to Civil War, which is the big mm-hmm. beginning of Phase Three, and the only movies that talk about it really are Winter Soldier and Ant Man, because you've got them capturing Bucky finally in right. Ant Man, and then Winter Soldier is that even in Avengers? What was it? I don't think it was here. We were talking, we were talking about, about, that. about last night. No, no, I was talking about it with someone at work about like because my thing that. You know, Tony Stark's going to die in the, the Avengers film, and Cap will leave and give the shield over. And I said, Chris Evans has at least one more full motion picture because there'll be a Cap three, right? Or I guess it'll be Cap four because they have to deal with the Winter Soldier problem. And then I get to the end of this, and I'm like, Well, I guess they don't because we won't see how you, you know, that'll probably be the opening of Civil War is how they find Bucky and capture him, right? But it, I'm watching the end of this, and I'm watching that credit sequence, and when you hear. Sam talk about you know I know a guy or whatever. Yeah, they need him. They need somebody to infiltrate even deeper, and then they need somebody to you know sneak. And around. so that's why I'm like, I I guess it's Ant Man. So how Ant-Man. big is Ant Man going to be? Is I was like, I don't even remember if Ant Man's supposed to be in Civil War. He is. He is. Civil War. Okay, well then yeah, I they, guess he'll probably they, he have a big role. Civil War at the same time as shooting this. Correct. That must have been fun to keep. Well, because he. Oh yeah, because Peyton Reed uh, was talking to the guys directing Cap, and he's like, "Let me, let me help you with the script." Let me, and then, like, mm-hmm. the idea is like, it's like, what would they basically ask? Is like, how would like they haven't seen the movie? How would Ant Man act? It's like, hey, we'll we'll write some dialogue. So I thought that was really cool. Well, yeah, and they, I mean, they had said that the original idea for the after credit scene for Ant Man was supposed to be Scott going after the uh, X Shield Hydra agent that takes off with the Pym particles. It was supposed to be him recovering it. Then they went, no, we want to leave that as an open thread so we can get back to it that the pin particles are still out there. So they said, well, let's throw in something from Civil War. So they, the footage that they grabbed was literally from Civil War movie. So that whole scene with Bucky and everything is from Civil War. Kind of like, kind of like the um, the footage of Cap at the end of Captain America where he punches the where he's punching the uh, bags yeah. was from Avengers. So they had thrown that in there for just for that reason. That's why it kind of feels out of place because there is a reference in that scene right there to Ant Man. So it makes sense to put it in Ant Man where you, you okay. So we know that now Ant Man is going to be in Civil War. So there was that little tie-in, but as far as making sense to you know getting the Civil War and everything, it really doesn't have it. Other than the fact that no, we can't talk to Tony. You know, maybe a week ago we could have. It was just so well, even, tonally different. Well, yeah, but that's and a, had nothing to yeah. do with anything that was there. I just, it just felt. And that's so fine because it's an after credit sequence. It doesn't need to be part of the film, right? Specifically, yeah, so I, guess, I, th- yeah. I, I enjoy the fact it's like okay, we're continuing the plot threads. He's been established. I mean, even in the movie is you know Hank's apprehension of the Avengers. Like, what are we gonna like call the Avengers? Why do we need them to drop a city? Yeah, you know, and just like it's like no, nobody trusts them. But even in something like Avengers 2, like the argument of Cap with Tony and Secrets is like that's not really the argument you should be having. It's like Tony it's Tony's company. He can do whatever he damn well pleases. The argument you should be having is about the creation of artificial intelligence and and 
that's well. That. The other argument would yeah. have been what Civil War was originally supposed to be, as they said it was. What are the Avengers? Who who controls the Avengers? Right. Is it Tony under Stark? You know, under Stark Industries. Is right. it their privatized sort of thing, or is, or is it, it Cap that yeah, says Cap we have to be held accountable to some sort of government, but we also have to be autonomous? That was going to be the original script before the Spider-Man thing came out, and apparently the script got completely changed because they were able to put Spider-Man in it for five minutes or whatever. Yeah, we'll do. see. We'll see what's going to well, happen. Um, but I'm intrigued. It's, I mean, look, they did such a good job. It's the same team who did Winter Soldier. I'm not worried about any of that, but like, even for me, it's the tie-ins and like, no, mm-hmm. let's have a good story. We got to get to Civil War. Give me something, and for Guardians to ignore because it's in space. For Avengers two to ignore because, like you said, like the argument isn't secrets. The argument is like you just created artificial intelligence and they're going to wipe out planet Earth. Who's responsible? That's the argument that should be had, but isn't mm. had in the movie. Well, well isn't it for uh, Tony has a strike first policy and Cap says a wait and then strike. Right. And that's, that, even that is not I mean, so you much see, like who's resp- who's responsible for the destruction of an entire city. And is I think it, I think those I think those threads are going to be what's going to be the the catalyst for the rift because apparently Ant-Man is taking place the movie Ant-Man is taking place exactly at the same time that the beginning of Civil War is because you know everybody's gone from the facility um, even with Sam making the comments that you know he makes at the end it just feels like, you know, if this would have happened a week, you know, the comment that uh, that either Sam or Cap makes about, well, if this would have happened a week ago, then we could talk to Tony. Well, I know a guy. You know, that just kind of seems like they both were taking the the beginning of Ant-Man, or no, excuse me, the end of Ant-Man, at least, was taking place right around the same time as where Civil War begins. To me, all of the things, the little threads that were thrown in with the, the rift between Tony and Steve we're just kind of show you, okay, there are problems, but the big blow-up that's going to cause the Civil War isn't going to happen until Civil War right. the, in the movie. And it'll be within probably the first five, ten minutes well, of the movie. Well, they've always had them at I mean, they're at odds in the first Avengers story. Right. I mean, it starts with them being at odds. Well, Tony makes a comment in Avengers 2. Well, you know, when they make a comment of who's leading or something, he goes, I don't lead. I just make the, I just make the, the toys or whatever. Yeah, and again, there's, there's a lot of stuff in Avengers 2 that you point to and go, Okay, I know why that's there. I know why that's there. Right. It's how organic can it be? How organic? Well, you could do that with any movie. I mean, like, no, as I know. soon as I, I saw the key chain with the prob- tank and Part and of the problem with this type of advanced knowledge is the fact that you can't go into a film like that. We talked about it with Winter Soldier. We know that Samuel Jackson is signed for 86 more Marvel films. Right. So when he dies at the beginning of Winter Soldier, you know that's not real. Right. There's like, there's no way they're killing that character. Whereas not knowing, when I went in to see Avengers 2 and not knowing Jeremy Renner's contract status mm-hmm. and not he- having heard at that point that he was in Civil War, when it looked like there's a possibility he's not going to make it and he'd be, you know, you the, foreshadow, the foreshadow at the farm is, I'm doing this and I'm done. Right. I'm going to come back to, you know. Be a dad and be a Yeah, fan. and, and yeah. Do, the, do the whole, I have a secret family and nobody knows about it and the chick from Scooby-Doo is part of it. <laughs> you bought it. You thought... He might not make it. Right. In fact, he was he was my number. It's like he's not making it. He's oh not yeah, making it I, I, I bought it all the way. And that's what that's what uh, Josh Sweet said. He goes, I wanted everybody to believe it all the way up until that very last. Yeah, moment. up until he makes a new TV series and they replace his brain and he comes back to life and ruins the entire <laughs> film. <laughs> it is Marvel, so I mean, it is a superhero thing, so everybody can come back to life. But that's the thing when you do a movie, even universe, Gwen Stacy. Now, the, the great thing with doing a movie universe is that you can change those rules. Yes. 
I you agree. Can try that. and not do what comics do, which is make because the reason death doesn't count in comics is you have to do twelve issues, sixteen issues, twenty issues a year. You have to use all those characters. There's only so many characters that you're going to be able to use, so you can't kill anybody. Right. When you have a film, when you're sitting there going, if if I kill Hawkeye in this, there's only going to be three more Avengers films. There's right. going to be the next two, and then there's going to be one at the end, and then they're going to fire everybody. They're going to let Marvel f- sit and furrow or fallow for a couple of years, and then they'll relaunch it, whatever. You can kill someone in there and never have that person come back because it makes sense. You don't have this amazing amount of content that you have to fill. If there's no Archer in, Guardians, or in, in uh, Infinity Gauntlet, that's fine. Right. You know, if you're sitting there in Infinity Gauntlet going, how can they make this movie without the, the dude who shoots the bow and arrow? How can they? No. If you kill him in Avengers 2, it makes sense. He's a character you care about. He's a character that you've seen a few times now. He dies. The stakes are high. That was Coulson's death. You've seen Coulson in all of these films. He's the connecting piece. Yes. He dies. They're the reason they get together. Yeah. Oh, no, wait. He's alive. I totally forgot. He's just, he had his brain worked on and... Well, Nick's I mean, an idiot and, and villains they've shown that for years. I mean, since Batman in 1989, they showed that you can kill off a villain and it's okay because... You know, well, so has Marvel. Yes. Every villain they've ended up outside of Loki, they kill all their villains very quickly. You have a really good villain in a TV series. Now... <laughs> the head of Hydra was... Hey, that guy's great. Oh, no, he's dead. Like, right in mid-season. Just shot in the head. Nope, see, I, I've seen a lot of people say that the best two villains in the Marvel Cinematic Universe are Winter Soldier and uh, Red Skull. But because they don't consider Loki a villain, Loki's totally a villain. Loki's a villain. Loki, uh, you know, I, I would How consider, consider Dolus and a Tumbler. I would, Loki, can, I Loki not a villain, but yeah. Winter Soldier a villain. See that, and that's just it. I would consider Winter Soldier not a villain. The Winter Soldier is a villain. He's Bucky a tool. Is not. No, Winter Soldier is a villain. Bucky is not. Okay, I'll give you that. When he's the Winter Soldier persona, he's a villain. He's except for now. In the he world. has to be. He has to be stopped. He's a villain. The only villain, Loki's the only villain that actually has any, because Winter Soldier is just Winter Soldier. It's not like right. a super complex character. Oh, yeah. It's, right. hey, it's Bucky, and he got brainwashed, and now he's trying to kill people. Yes. Go. Loki is very nuanced, because he has those moments where when Thor looks at him at, at the end of Avengers, he says, look what you've done, and he's just kind of like, I can't stop this. Yeah. yeah I, I kind of don't know. It's the same thing in the first film. What what Loki is that classic Marvel villain where when he's hanging from the bridge and he's looking at his father and says, I could have done it. Mm-hmm. I could have been king. I could have made Asgard great. I could have stopped the Frost Giants. I wasn't going to... I didn't want to be the king of the Frost Giants. I wanted to be the king of Asgard. I wanted to save Asgard. I wanted to make Asgard great. I could have done it, but you didn't choose me. And he lets go. Right. That's a Marvel moment like crazy. That's Magneto throwing the submarine and killing all the Russians going, you're hunting mutants and I'm not going to let you. And you go, that's terrible. But I get it. Right. I totally understand what you're doing. So that's why Loki is a great villain, whereas everybody else, is, you have Ronan who's just like, I just want to blow up a planet. And then when I have the opportunity to, I'm not going to. Right. And then, you know, dancing stops me because... <laughs> you hate that part. So that's much. the worst part in any Marvel film ever. <laughs> I think that's the worst part in any film ever. Even more no, so... No, no, the worst part in any film ever is the entire film of the big hit. <laughs> you you think that's worse than even even uh, the Mandarin and... and uh... I love the Mandarin. In, in Iron Man that's, 3? That's the most interesting part of Iron Man 3. That end? Or when, when he reveals himself as Yes. As that Trevor? was brilliant. I loved that part. Even more so than Whiplash? But he's not even the Mandarin, because that was a triple fake out. And exactly. I, I love it I, even more, because at the, even at the end of that, I was like, 
no, no. Like, even in the movie, they mention that there is a real Mandarin, yeah. and it's not even... It's not Ben Kingsley's it, it, character. It's not Ben Kingsley, and it's not... Uh, it's not uh, I'll tell you why I love that. It's not the extremist guy either. Here's, right. the, here's the thing with the, with the Mandarin thing. One, you got to lose all that connection to... This is the Marvel comic books, and they have to be this way. That's the customer at the store. Right. That's pissed. I can't even believe they're using Scott Lang. He's not Ant Man. It's Hank Pym. They just totally screwed up the whole origin. They just, oh, I can't believe they made this movie. Just, that guy's never going to enjoy a film because no, of when you're not. too attached to that source material, you can't accept anything. The Mandarin in that film, when he's revealed, is the most interesting part of that entire film. Because it's a, it's the because it's a twist. twist that you don't see. It's a twist that wasn't revealed beforehand. You're going in going, the Mandarin's going to be fucking Ben Kinsley, and it's going to be awesome, and he's going to be great, and he's going to be a badass. And you're like, wait a minute, he's an actor and a drunk. Yeah. <laughs> wait a minute, what is going on? This is awesome. That that part is the most interesting part in that film. The rest of that movie is crap. Yeah. I mean, the, the choices they made creatively to show you what the extremist is early was a terrible idea. Oh, no, we, idea. Yeah, we, we covered that. The, the middle and the kid and the, all the armor at the end. No, 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 Rody, you can't wear the armor. Yeah. Uh, the president can wear the the pepper can wear the oh that guy can wear the you know what Rhodey you're black and I don't like you I mean there's no other explanation for it <laughs> Rhodey's the only person it's like I can't I programmed all of the calm armor. down there Hulk Hogan I call him, I programmed all of the armor to just to not fit Rhodey right that's it and but that honestly but that, that would true. make sense based on number two you stole my armor yeah in the last movie bro no I'm telling all of it if it gets in and it recognizes you're James Rhodey it's not working. Because yeah. you stole my armor last time, so screw you, pal. That would have been much more interesting. And again, they didn't do it. No, but but it does contradict itself as soon as Pepper puts That's on the I hand. That's what I mean. They, my problem with Iron Man 3 is there are so many outs yeah. that you could have creatively written in uh-huh. that are, to me, very simple. I'm stupid, and I just told you three things that I thought that would have made that film so much better and totally makes sense. We talked about it when when we first reviewed the film. <laughs> How did he get he... combat training? All right. he has to say is one line, I've been hanging out with Steve more. Boom, done, and it's there. But they didn't do any of that. It's yeah. just, it's lazily written. It's a terrible villain until the, the villain that you think is a villain is interesting, and then you find out the real villain is even more boring. Right. You know? And that the whole the whole end scene is terrible, and it, but that's I. Well, <laughs> and, um, and Guy Pierce isn't even really the Mandarin. That's just to throw Tony off, because, right? Yeah. But even in the movie, Guy Pierce refers to somebody else beyond mm-hmm. Ben Kingsley's yeah. character as there's somebody there's a, there's else. There's a larger organization that they're trying to take advantage of, right? I mean, that's the kind of the feeling I got from it is they're using this as you know it it, it would be like someone on U.S. soil who does something terrible and blames Al-Qaeda, even right. though he's not a part of Al-Qaeda because he knows this thing exists somewhere. He's blaming the Mandarin, and he's the Mandarin, the Mandarin is pissed. Even though the, Mandarin the hail to the king, yeah, the one shot the man, was great. And I love the idea that's like, oh, they gave me plastic surgery. It's like, well, because they're making you look like the Mandarin. Yeah. And that means Ben Kingsley, who still has a contract with Marvel, can always come back as the real Mandarin. Yeah. And that was really clever to do that. Like, And even when they were making the movie, it's like, Guys, you can't just watch the movie. You got to watch the Marvel short that's coming. All your questions will be answered. But okay, that so yes, the dancing scene is the very is the worst thing that Marvel's ever done. Uh, even more the so drunk the scene. In, yes. What about the drunk scene uh, at the party in Iron Man Two? It's terrible, but it's still not as bad because it's a singular moment. The whole drunk scene is terrible. That single moment that to me takes that film and totally throws it in the toilet. Um, 
Now I was gonna. I, was, I know we got we were talking about Ant Man, but everything. But you just brought really? up a yeah. <laughs> you okay? Uh, you brought up a really good point about the. Um, it's uh, it's on that one. Uh, brought up a really good point about right? well, you have to watch the one shots because right. we've had this conversation. You haven't been a privy to it, but we've had this conversation of whether or not uh, you should have that. Well, you ha- you you should watch the the this or you should watch the TV show or something. Should you have to know? And I that, that I understand that, but it's also one of those things where these movies are wholly dependent on on the the the, the entirety of the movie. And I'm not saying that that's a good excuse, but I will say that like I watched people like when the movie was like they clapped for Ant Man, eh, right. Ant Man, awesome, and then they just walked out of the theater. It's like it's Iron Man came out in the the mid 2000s how can you not know by now to stay yes i was confused by that too i was like are you are you first time marvel guys every time i see somebody get up and leave a marvel film i, I well we it. stayed for the end of avengers 2 and got to the very end and went well that's a chip there's no second there's no, there's no second, second credit scene why didn't anybody tell us that we've been sitting here for 20 I, but minutes I, I thought i sent out a text message i, I knew it but going in but, but yeah that's what you usually like why are you still sitting here but it's i didn't know and it's one of those things where every time too there'll be people like there was something at the end yes it's a marvel movie well, i always love like we went to we went to see it at, at movie co which has the separated you know there's there's seats towards the bottom and then there's the walkway yeah. And so you see those people that are walking along the walkway, you know, the credits are rolling and then it, you know, the fades mid- into a scene and, and you it fades into the, 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 the scene with the two of them. And you see them stop like, oh, oh, there's something, oh, there's something the on the screen. This. What's going on? I haven't seen this 15 now, times before in a Marvel movie. I know it almost that... feels like, like that should be in the preview, you know, like, welcome to the cinemas. This is a Marvel film. Please stay till the end of the yeah. credits. <laughs> See, I, I've seen people in other movies now starting to stay to the end of the credits because just in case. I've always stayed to the end, mostly because like, well, the movie's not done yet, and every so often you'll have a movie that does throw something in cute at the end, even like the Pixar movie. Yeah, because the first the first one in. I always the first one that I remember was Ferris Bueller, because the second right. time I went to see oh, it, yeah. someone told me like, stay till the end. There's something at the end, and that was it was that secret thing for those those that one yeah. person that's like, I am a moviegoer and I want to see everyone who worked on this film, and you get to the very yeah. end, and it's just, you know, and it's the perfect one, like. Why are you still here? Movie's over. Go home. No, I'm watching the credits you know. because I want to, you know, at least show a little bit of respect for. <laughs> well, the you're supposed to listen to the music and all that stuff that's going on. Right. Like, yeah. So yeah, as for me, it's just when I stay to the end, just like out of respect for the creators, because uh-huh. like, look, the credits are still rolling. There's ten thousand people working on this film. There you go. And then, uh, uh, just for me, it's like, oh, and then yeah, there's you need something you need special. to see the sixty-five hundred different names of the of the uh, digital do, animators, nice. and it's fun because you're like, like, oh yeah, they're... well, I remember when I saw the Avengers uh, two. That guy's awesome. I love that dude. People were pissed at the very end of that because they stayed for the end of the credits and it wasn't anything. This is a Marvel film. Why are you in there after seeing? Well, Marvel has said something about that. Joss, before Joss, Joss Whedon said Whedon he said can't don't... top this the shawarma scene, so he's not going to. Well, it wasn't even that. It was that he and was he, he didn't can't want top a shawarma scene. I think that just goes even further <laughs> into the idea that he's not that creative he's had every pretty much every show he's ever worked on you were mad at me you and travis were ready to lynch me up when i said josh whedon is not the greatest thing that's ever happened i don't care get a real name bro if i can tell kent herbeck from the minnesota twins in 1991 that he needs a vowel in his back in his back his last name i can tell josh whedon should be named josh 
Yeah, Ray Fine, sorry, buddy, you're Ralph. Yeah, all right. When, when that was when that was his excuse, like ah, the shawarma scene was the greatest thing I've ever done. I can't top. It's like really them having lunch for two seconds is is. Do you realize when they shot the, that is the peak of your creativity? Well, they also mentioned that if, they shot that after be, the premiere. After they had the premiere, yeah. they had everybody back together, so they went out that night. That's why and spent like and then they bought a twenty minutes. So it's a pointless. Scene. That's why there's yeah. no point. Well, that's the thing is, people have said shawarma sales went through the roof. People have said. And Marvel kind of lived this. If it's important, it shouldn't be at the at the very end of the credits. Right. And if it's important to it, it shouldn't be at the end of the credits because mm-hmm. you shouldn't ask him. It's the same thing. You're getting into that debate of Iron Man three is not a complete film without the short. Then why isn't the short in the film? Right. You know right. why isn't the short attached to the film in a way that everybody can see it? And the so Agent Carter the one whole shot perspective. sets up the whole show. Uh, you or maybe it might have been Robert was talking about that with Sucker Punch. We're like, oh well, if you see the director's cut, yeah, then it makes it was sense. Me. Like, no, it no it's no, it, well, one, yeah, it probably doesn't. But it two, does. I'm like, it gives man, you the whole, it gets you no, the whole thing at the end with the. No, it still, it still doesn't. That that movie still doesn't climb back out of the hole that it puts <laughs> right. itself into. And they let that man direct a Superman movie. Mm-hmm. How, <laughs> he's he, directing Justice League, bro. <laughs> how he wasn't blacklisted. From Hollywood after Sucker Punch for just like you made this. You I was, know why he wasn't blacklisted? Money. He made seventy million dollars in March yeah. for three hundred back when that yes. was a thing. What even even Sucker Punch made like fifty million dollars in March or something. And it's just one of those things. I like you. They let you make this. Nobody read this script and went. Well, that's that's the thing. Goodbye, is, sir. I'm fine. I'm fine with him directing a film. The fact that they let him write right. films. Yes. That's, that's my problem. No, that, that's fair enough. But he, I, I just—I I thought just he was—he's an interesting visual director, although he's—he's he's too much on this. He's become Michael Bay, where after ten years of the same shot over and over again, yeah. like, okay, you got to come up with something new, Sepia brother. Tone. I, I was watching, uh, or listening to the um, the Hollywood Babylon Comic Con edition, the one with Kevin Smith and Ralph Garman, and they were talking about how great the Man of Steel trailer, you know, the the Batman versus Superman trailer looks, and everything like My this. Roll. I'm, I, I've been eye rolling so much <laughs> the last few weeks. And I just like I'm gonna go blind. It's like yeah, okay, all right, guys. And, uh, What's wrong with Sebastian's eyes? I can only see the white of it while his pupils are up I, in his brain. I, 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 I it just got stuck. I, please help me. They the stopped. funny thing about that though was that uh, Ralph had mentioned, you know, or Kevin was like, "Oh my god, it was so great." The you know the man said, he has to. Yeah, and he's like, Preface. and uh, Ralph Garvin goes, "Well, you know." The Sucker Punch trailer looked really good, too, and we all know how that turned out. (laughs) So I will hold my reservations about uh, Batman Batman v Superman. Even watching the trailer, like, at the DC booth, I was like, this is just going to be them punching for two hours and killing more people, and that's all this movie is. It looks like a boring movie. Here's the thing. My favorite thing, though, is, like, I think Entertainment Weekly had the stills from the film, and it's, like, this stupid shot of Batman in a trench coat with goggles. And the, the caption on it is something like, Batman in disguise amongst the Superman <laughs> army. And it's the most ridiculous caption for a photo that is completely non sequitur. Like, so that's how Batman disguises himself? Goggles in a trench Goggles coat. Goggles in a trench coat with a Batman mask on. Hey, if it worked for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it could work for Look, everybody. But that's the thing. In Teenage Mutant the Ninja Turtles, the fedora fell off, all right? It's a joke in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Like, yes, my, fa- my favorite in a part of all of hat. this is in the 1960s, Marvel was hailed as being a much more gritty and realistic comic book universe versus DC's like super happy fun time heroes. And the flip is the in the movies. Yeah. Where in the movies, Marvel's like, and there's a serious tone to them. Like Marvel is this kind of like, they're big and they're heroes and it's crazy. And DC has gone for everything needs to be gray and it's really gritty and it's really dark. Everything has good. to be the dark. And it's like, the, this is bizarre. Yeah, it's the, it's the you know, Marvel's going like, we got a talking raccoon and a guy who can shrink. And DC's going, huh. 
We got Will Smith <laughs> as Deathstroke. What are you going to do about that? Hey, he names the team, man. Is he Deathstroke or Deadshot? Deadshot. Deadshot. He's Deadshot. He's Deadshot. But even even so, it's just like, hey, look, we, we got Harley Quinn in a Daddy Issues costume. Yeah. Like, no, no, no. We have the Joker who tells you exactly what's wrong with him by putting it on, on his, his forehead. forehead. And it's just that ridiculous, like, it's one of those things, like, the thing about Harley Quinn, like, the... the, the that costume, the original animated series one, it's like it's just so good. Yeah. And speaks to the character so well. And now we have Joker with damage tattooed on his forehead. Hey, Harley has rotten written across her yeah. cheek. Yeah. And it's just like it's like it's like this is dumb. Yeah. It's like, and it's like and it's and it's the kind of dumb it's like, okay, like I get it, you're trying to be cool, but you... Isn't that closer to the Arkham games though? No, not the even. Look of no, them? no. Her look is is her Arkham game. Is actually closer to the original costume than this because she still mm-hmm. has the red and the black uh-huh. and the and her costume is in you know like in the Arkham games that she has still has that costume and they reference it uh-huh. right well the, the the original costume is because she's so attached to the Joker it's a jester yes it's a jester costume and it's a clown costume and now it's just exactly to say like it's a stripper costume right right let's Which, make her if you want to make her a stripper character it's fine but if you, you're trying to get back to the roots of what she was. Because we all know the twist, right? Yeah, it's, uh, it's Suicide well, Squad's it's twist that. is going to be really easy to see. Hey, I bet, I bet you she, I bet you she betrays the team, for yeah. the Joker. I bet you she does. Bam! How did I see that coming? That's the problem with it's that. It's the, film. it's that ultimate irony of you know, like this, you know, like there's a lot of talk about you know, like you know, gender issues and women in comics. Yeah. And, you know the whether you know there's like you know the horseshoe theory, opposite ends of the spectrum start looking the same politically and all that, like. You know, and there's a lot of people who don't want to find that middle ground. But then you take a character like Harley Quinn, who is probably the most conservatively dressed character in the entire DC The original universe. costume. Yeah. And then, you know, it's like, oh, now she's just in uh, Daisy Dukes and a t-shirt uh-huh. with fishnets, you know, like with her hair like a child. Well, I mean, if, if that, you look at, yeah, if you look at, because her costume, the original costume stayed until you got to the Arkham game. The right. first, the first Batman. Right, and, the, and even then, they're like, "This is a different universe." They, right. were, they were doing a very, very, uh, very much a gritty, like, okay. And even in the Arkham game, the explanation is like, her suit's in lockup somewhere. She doesn't have it. Right. You know, so we got to do something else. And then when you get to like two in, you know, Arkham uh, City, City and Arkham Knight, the suit is, you know, is is the same. It's you know, but it's in, you know, it's the pants and mm-hmm. just the top. But no sleeves, and she's got her eye mask on for some of it, and some right. of it she doesn't. And then you get to the new Fifty Two comics, and she's you know gotten more of a slutty look. And then even that changed into the roller derby costume, right? And now you're getting. But it depends on like like what's the mood of the writer of whatever right. she's gonna be in. Is she gonna be in the roller derby suit, which is like okay, it's a nice middle ground, yeah? Or is she gonna be in? The bizarre, like, look at me, we're gonna. Well, I think yeah. her costume's changing right now with Palmiotti and Connor's run. Anyway, it's just like yeah. every episode is her issue. It's just yeah, and it's and they're really and for them it's kind of fun because like yeah, whatever Harley's mood in the book, yeah, she's wearing whatever she wants. But then you know you get to something like Suicide Squad, and it's yes. just like what? Is so Ant Man, this is a lot of DC for an <laughs> so Ant Man. <laughs> um, okay, Ethan. So where do you where do you put Ant Man in your list of <laughs> top five Marvel movies? Don't ask me that. <laughs> it's like there's too many Marvel that, movies. And that's for a, that's me. Well, it's that's Iron Man changing. two, Iron Man three, three, and then two again. Cap one, right? the ending scene of Guardians. <laughs> um, I can tell you though, and I have seen Guardians over a hundred times now. 
Jesus. I've also seen Captain America. That's too, when, we, when we asked so. Rich last year what his top ten was, and he's like, "It's Guardians," and then Cap like, "No, it's Guardians, 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 Guardians." It Guardians, is not Guardians, Guardians, Guardians. Guardians. Iron it, Man one is still my favorite. It's the really? Yes, it's still the best one out of all the Marvel movies. The Markham movies, <laughs> eh, the Marvel movies, uh, but it's uh, it's still my favorite. Iron Man one. It's still the most concise. It's got a great origin story. All star cast bringing everything together. So it's the one that it's the one I can. Well, I think you also bring a lot of experience into it. Yes. I mean, it's it's for me. I, I can't separate. I don't want to separate the the surrounding experience. Like Thor, for me, is still my favorite because he's out of who has been made into a film. He's my favorite Marvel character, right? And he was so well portrayed. It was funny. I think that film is really well written and the, its beats hit. Like I, I love the middle of it of not turning it into this long drawn out scene. Avengers because of everything around it. You know, I still get goosebumps that that tracking shot around of when they first get together. You know, sort of like, is this really happening? Did we really get an Avengers film? Right. Um, uh, Winter Soldier. Well, Winter Soldier. Winter right Soldier. Yeah. Ensemble. So yeah, I've got Thor and Winter Soldier. It, this didn't change anything. It wouldn't have been put yeah. in the top five. It's still it's the, for it's me. It's still Thor, Winter Soldier, the first Avengers, Iron Man, and uh, all of a sudden I totally blanked on number. The four. last scene of Guardians. The last scene of Guardians. Yeah, just just the dancing scene. <laughs> I just the I'm, a, I'm an intergalactic villain. Who wants to destroy an entire planet, but someone does a jig in front what of him. What else are you going to do in that moment? To Smash him into a thousand pieces! There's no way Star Lord could have taken on Ronan and won. That's the point! He couldn't have taken. Nobody in that <laughs> writing room decided, hey, we should probably come up with an actual idea that stops Ronan instead of let's give the most preposterous, stupid, idiotic thing. And put that in there because we write our we wrote ourselves into a corner. We have a villain that the only thing we've told you is that this villain is really really bad. Hey, he beat he the really hell out wants of to, Yeah, he tortures people. He wants to destroy an entire planet. He stands up to Thanos. He's, he's done it before. He's and he's done it before. He stands up to Thanos. Before. You're sitting there saying Thanos is the Look, baddest the ass of all of them. He stands in front of Thanos and says, "I'm not giving you this. This is mine." I'm going to keep this gem, and I'm yes. going to use it to destroy the entire galaxy. Oh, what's that guy doing? The Charleston? Okay, I'll just drop my hammer. I'm just going to watch this. He it's doesn't just stupid. drop the hammer. Drax shoots him with the... Because he stands there for 45 minutes watching him. It's stupid. It's like getting to the end of James Bond, and someone shows him a corn dog that he's never <laughs> seen because he's living in Britain and goes, well, I just dropped my Walther. Let somebody shoot me in the face. It's stupid. It's completely idiotic. And all it is is they thought of the scene first and then worked backwards, and it's lazy and it's dumb. I still think it works because the whole that whole premise, as you put that in the beginning, you've never heard of music, you've never heard of dancing, you have a galaxy with a thousand aliens, and no one's been able to figure out how to put sounds into something appealing to your ears. No one's decided that moving, gyrating your body to those sounds is something to do. No, it's completely <laughs> stupid. At least I'm not going to get lynched for my comments about you. <laughs> I was just going to say. I, was just, well, I, I guarantee you, more people agree with me. I was just going to turn you. you and go, I so agree Jurassic with you, Josh Whedon, by the way. Oh, okay, thank you. That's my. That's the one thing. Is, you do it on purpose now, don't you? I, what? You call him Josh. Whatever, <laughs> Josh. My Josh shall be punished. I like Josh. I like Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and that's pretty much it. That's like my cutoff, and then everything else. Is like, yeah, I said there's other, stuff you like. Like, yeah, I'm other, not a big other, Zack Snyder the, fan, but I still enjoy 300. Yeah, but it's also like it's like yeah, Dollhouse should have got canceled. You don't like Firefly. The Firefly should have got canceled. <laughs> Whoa! Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Uh -oh. 
So, well, this is the last time go we're going to see Sebastian go on this the podcast. Because I talk about it where, when they're like, well, Firefly didn't get it. Because I've had this argument with him for a long time, and he started to change that sort of thing. He, he had a lot of the things, like a lot of the brown shirts, you know, well, we want to bring brown it back. Shirts. and Brown shirts. They're Nazis. Because <laughs> they're like, we're not going to do anything until we exterminate the idea that Firefly should have been on the air for 45 years. And I said, you got your chance. You had it on the air, and nobody watched it. Nobody right. Watched it. It got you a gave movie. you a movie. You and gave you a movie. It. And nobody watched it. They gave everything that chance. Everybody moved on to bigger and better things. It's never going to happen. I've always said that the brown coats, if, if this Firefly Society had turned into a society that says, what we're going to do now is we're going to try to save we're going to try to save what we think is quality television that's going to disappear. If they would have gotten behind and said, we're going to run the campaign to save Constantine, then their whole society to me makes sense because right. you're doing something. This happened to us. We don't want it to happen to anybody else. No, it's still people going, they showed it out of order and they only gave it a year and they canceled it early and they gave a movie, but they didn't release it in like foreign countries. And um, I think Nathan Fillion should quit his job and come back and do a new Firefly. And that's the only thing that matters in my life. No, you're retarded. Right. And Just they, showed it, they showed a show out of order that's an almost entirely episodic and doesn't exactly. require you to watch it. In Showing order. episode there, eight there is a there is a seven. through line to yeah, it, but, yeah, not but that much. didn't do anything. Yeah, it's not I, like Terra Nova didn't get canceled because the three episodes in the middle were completely reversed. Right. No, if I you get watch that. it, you're going. This isn't this isn't working because the storyline you were following about these rebels just disappears for three episodes and then all of a sudden it's picked up in the middle. So, of anyways, what I said was I, I have to agree that I. Bringing back Firefly would be a mistake at this point because it's unless not it's going. Animated. It's not going to be able unless it's animated because uh, you're not going to be able to recapture what was originally there. There's also the most interesting article that I've ever read concerning Firefly, where someone said the best thing that ever happened to Firefly was that it got canceled and it never got to the point where it was bad. And he talks about Heroes. He yeah. said Heroes would be one of the biggest cult shows in the world if it had been canceled after episode after season one. Oh yeah, because everything after it was completely terrible. And so he, he posits in it as he keeps going and he says. You know, we don't know where these storylines would have gone. What if they turned out to be really bad? Yeah. He talks about Star Wars too. He's like, we wanted Star Wars films for twenty years, and then we got the prequels, and everybody hates them. So maybe the best thing that ever happened right. and, and, is that you got a season of quality, and you got a movie of quality that nobody watched, and that's what you have, and you yeah. can keep reliving it. And then you, as a fan, can then say, where do we go from here? Right. Hyperbole aside, no, I like I enjoyed Firefly, but it's one of those things where I watch. It's like, well, the show is pretty much the concept. It's cowboys in space, and that's as far as they really take it. But it's fun, and it, you know, which and, is good and can and, work, but it's too expensive. Right. But I also, it. but for me, it's also a show. It's like, all right, it's canceled or whatever. I'm I'm kind of done. Yeah, okay. fan fiction I'm, take hold. But I'm also used to like you know like I'll watch Japanese shows or Japanese anime or English television shows where it's like oh this show is only six this show is only six episodes and that's the entire show and you're out like oh good you know whatever I'm like fine. sherlock i don't need i don't need a show to be you know you know seven years long right well that's the thing is, is people have kind of gone towards that model this is i mean well, this goes back to model hell with wayward pines that yeah. that story well this gone. goes back to lost it's this finished. is this is carlton yeah. cues and damon lindelof going to abc and going where does it end and they said we don't know yeah. Okay, well, we just want to do five seasons. No, if it's still popular after season five, we're going to keep going. No, get, tell us where we end mm -hmm. because we're trying to build something and we want to figure out how to do this arc. We want to do the parabola arc and get to the ending. And they didn't know where it was. Lost, I've always contended, Lost would have been a hell of a lot better show if they would have told them from part one, you're good if, if you if it's as long as it's popular, you have 120 episodes to do. You have five seasons. Right. And you're done and get out. And well, you, you think they should have shot that to... Uh... 
basic cable instead of network. Yeah. And well, what do you think? What, what do you think about the idea? Anyway. Also, should have had an ending beforehand, regardless of well, how long they were going to get. Well, that's TV. different. Yeah. But, I mean, it's well, just, what do you think of like Walking Dead saying they want to do ten years or ten seasons now? Because it's Walking Dead is much. built for that model, though. Because it's, you can do Walking Dead forever and have characters killed off and have a show. Yeah. Because basically, the show the show is completely. it's the same thing. We show up somewhere, we think we're safe, and then we're not. Right. We show up somewhere, we think we're safe, we trust somebody, and we're not. That's it. I mean, honestly, if you watch that show over and over, they're the dumbest people on the planet. Binge watch six seasons. <laughs> yeah. Or five seasons. Five of seasons of Walking Dead. Oh, and you're like, my God. dude, you know this isn't going to work. <laughs> yeah. As soon as he walks into that community last season, you're going, you know this isn't going to work. This is, this is the thing all over again. Yeah. And they do enough of, of of having them say, you know, hey, remember what happened in the prison where we knew someone was going to come and take it and we weren't ready? We want to make all these people ready. So they do just enough that you sort of understand the progression of it. But Okay, so Ant-Man, uh, final thoughts. Um, it's Antastic. You had your biggest concerns about this movie, especially I when... My after, biggest concerns? I, I didn't think I'd ever, I was going to hate it, but I just thought, like I said, it's going to be a Marvel film. But you said as soon as Edgar Wright was done, this could be Marvel's first big failure. If, if it wasn't, if it was just middling, if it's something where, and, and who knows, I mean, it made a decent amount of money, but it didn't make a lot of money. But, but I don't made, even think it would have ever made the money that no, Guardians, but, had, you know, Cap or any of those well, would have Cap, made. Guardians didn't have a fantastic opening weekend either. Right. I mean, it just it kept going, and we'll see what happens with Ant Man. I mean, Guardians was number one for like four or five weeks mm -hmm. because of word of mouth and the fact that everyone went on Twitter and was just like, "This is the best Marvel film that's ever existed in the history of the planet." Because I forgot the last ten minutes of it. Um, <laughs> if really if the that. film was middling. Then you look at it and go, I wonder how much better it would have been. It's kind of like Iron Man 2. We look at Iron Man 2 and go, if it wasn't for the writer's strike, I wonder how much better that film would have been. Right. You know, if they would have been able to kind of redo that script a couple of more times, would this have been a better film? You never know. You know, where, where they got to, what they could do, what they couldn't do. Do you feel it's a medium tier Marvel movie? It's a good Marvel film. Um, because it's, you, it's one not of the, other the worst Marvel you, film, but it's sort of like it's a, it's a solid heist movie, right? Yeah, it's, it's it's a solid it, film. It's, it's, a, it's a movie that works. Like even if these characters weren't Ant Man and Hank Pym and uh, Hope, you know, even if there was no superheroics in the movie, it was still a solid heist movie. It's it's more Ocean's Eleven than it is Iron Man, and I think that's where the movie succeeds. Is that yeah. they didn't go in making a superhero movie; they went in even with Edgar Wright. This is a heist movie first. Superhero movie second, and I think that's the strength of the film is that it has all the tropes of a heist. Film. I mean, you may want to say that the weakness of it is that the heist isn't that complicated, right? That's, it's not. Yeah, I mean, it's and fine. that's the thing is like the yeah, heist is basically a, a bunch of ants go in and do everything, and you're like, okay, yeah, you know, but there it still wasn't, has the trappings there wasn't, yeah, of the heist. it's not, you know, the, the super complications of something like Ocean's Eleven, right, right, and, and Ocean's Thirteen, where there's so many different things, yeah, but it's, it's but not it's, in but it, but it also can't be because it can't be that long of a film, yes. Yeah, but so. it's also with ants, like all that, like we got to take out the servers. Well, it's not a guy taking out the servers; it's ants. And again, it's like all yeah, the we gotta take out the security cameras. It's ants, it's ants. and, and then the like, servers it's, are ants. It's fun, and it's, to get in is ants, it and it's just the, like... it, it twists the the heist movie of like you know fifty, you know ten guys having a specific roles to like all right, we have four guys and the most They're powerful ants army and, on the planet yeah. of of the insects because he's got ten different kinds of the ants. Insect. Do you think it's the, the movie stayed true to the Ant Man character? I, I think so, especially it yeah. stays true to the original Hank Pym. It stays true to Scott Lang, very much so. And the movie is is the first appearance of Scott Lang, those two issues, 
uh, almost to a T. Right. It's all there, apart from his daughter being sick. But in this, mm-hmm. I think the the better thing is like, well, if he's a criminal and he hasn't seen his kid, you know, almost ever, it's like, well, just being a good dad is a, is a good enough hook. Do you like the Robin Hood uh, criminal version of it? I do too. I think that's smart. You know, especially it plays into you know like the the early forms of Occupy Wall Street, and he saw. The company he was working for. Yeah, well, you have to make him yeah. a good guy. Thing. Yeah, the I, only thing that was odd in it is that he mentions how much he hates violence, and it's never brought up again. Right. I There's never to, a point because he has. He's, I detest violence. Right. I he says, I'm, "I'm I'm a burglar. I'm not a. I wasn't a thief. I'm a burglar. You know, whatever he says there, and he says, I detest violence. But the first thing you see of him is when he's then that that was the kind of thing I was like, yeah. But because the first thing you see of him is in prison. Right in the middle of a fight, even though you see at the end of it, it's just a goodbye yeah, it's, ritual. It's a, it's a ritual, but they never bring it up again about right. him. He's doing very violent things. He's beating people right. up. Yeah, the the know, stakes become higher. I think for himself, he detests violence when burgling because he just wants right. to burgle somebody when they're not home, take their stuff. But it's just it, it's yeah, it's it's, a, yeah. it's not I, mentioning I, it again. Yeah, I get that though. You know, I mean, they didn't go the whole A team route where it just it becomes a big issue for ten minutes and then it doesn't for some reason. Well, even the fact that when he did, bur- you see him burgle something in the movie, it wasn't really him. It was all set up, you know. So it wasn't really him breaking in. Yeah. It was you know it, it, Hank pretty much led him. Right. Okay. So so any final thoughts about the movie, Mikey, Ethan? Thomas the Train Engine was the best part of that movie. <laughs> just let just say that. <laughs> You're obsessed with that Thomas the Train. He is hilarious. Mikey, anything? That's odd because I thought that it was good. Was I funny. mean, I liked pretty Which much one? all of Phase Two. They're all genre films yeah. compared to just the superhero. So this ends the it, so. Empire Strikes Back portion of the uh, phase. It'll be Phase Four because they, uh, you know, every every in every Phase Two movie in honor of Empire Strikes Back, somebody lost uh, an arm or an appendage, <laughs> and. In this one, it was uh, when crosses um, yeah, the, suit, the, the very first the suit, thing. He, he shrinks. Yeah, the arm is the first thing that goes. So, mm-hmm. yeah, solid yeah. movie. I, I, it was a movie. It had false... Easter eggs that were in it were pretty cool. Yeah, just, just enjoyable, really enjoyable, and just one of those things. Like, it's like yeah, okay, Cross is kind of mustache twirling, and they gave me one throwaway line to explain it, but still really fun. Even the, just you know him, the fight in the helicopter, and them in the briefcase was. Yeah, and the good. stakes weren't really high because there was only one suit so far. Right, you know? and, right. And then it was it, like you let him go; he's going to be the yellow jacket, and he'll try and figure out a way. It wasn't. I mean, even it wasn't Cap until has that end. that stakes at the end where they're like, they're going to kill thirty million people in the next five minutes if we don't stop this. The stakes here are just basically, hey, you don't want him to go anywhere because then it's going to create it's gonna an be, army. Well, it's going to be it's going to be a lot harder to stop him. Right, but and then it it's not like he has the army ready. He has too. one. He has one, one suit. suit. So, and he's selling it. If if he fails, if Lang fails, there's still time. Because yes. they can just go find Hydra and stop. You can call the Avengers. You can do those sort of things. So I, I enjoyed that part of it where the stakes weren't like, hey, if they don't do anything, it's the end of the world. Right. Again. It's like, no, if he sells the suit, there's horrible things that can happen and our jobs become a lot harder. But there's well, did you time. Did you catch that um, one of the agents was Hydra, the other one was from the Ten Rings because he, he had a tattoo of his neck. Yeah. So I thought that was cool that they had that incorporated. Yeah, the cross. Well, that guy was just an actor the... too. <laughs> they they were selling to all the uh, all the evil organizations. It just if AIM was there, it'd been really good too. Yeah, well, yeah it could have been. There was like ten. There was like five or six different yeah. guys in that room. So, all right. So, um, I guess next week we'll go back to our news and notes and everything like that. Um, and then uh, towards the end of the summer, we still have a couple movies left to to get in there. Then we'll do our big summer movie. Do we? Well, there's uh, Fantastic Four. I don't even think everybody in this room is going to see that film. <laughs> the Man from Uncle. The Man from Uncle. 
That's Are right. we really going to talk about Man from Uncle here? <laughs> Did you see the trailer? No, I loved it. I think it's going to be that awesome. That was really good. I don't think it's going to be a film that we're going to sit here and talk about on a nerd podcast. Well, I don't. No, hours. I don't think straight out of Compton. I w- yeah. <laughs> I want to see that. I know I wouldn't. You know who doesn't want to see that? Hulk Hogan. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, make sure you check us out on Facebook.com backslash Nerdables, at Nerdables Show on Twitter, and check out our oh, website. I got the Twitter handle right. Yes, I did. Um, it only s- took him 95 <laughs> episodes. Sebastian, episodes. when are we going to uh, get some YouTube stuff up there? Oh, boy. When, uh, whenever you start writing. I see, I see part of a I see part of a, an R2-D2 line around. Yes. So. I've got to also pick up my... Uh, Oh no, D D twenty three is coming up also. So, and I I think I'm going to go. Yeah, you're going to do some photos at least. And if I decide that I want to go back, if they're still selling tickets, I'll probably pick up like a Saturday or Sunday. Yeah, I think I'm going Saturday. So, at least we'll we we can do something. We'll talk about that and be able to discuss it. Maybe there'll be some new Star Wars footage or Captain America. They've footage. already said like they've got like their the live action panels. Uh, I think are Marvel and Star Wars. Yeah, it's Marvel, Star Wars, um, Alice through the Looking Glass. And they may talk about Sword in the Stone, which is becoming live action. Though. Yes. It's $75. So that, that's all Saturday. And George Lucas gets put into the Disney Legends Hall yeah, of Fame yeah. on Friday. Yeah. Him and Danny Elfman. Yeah. Danny Elfman will be there. Yes. Be George Lucas will be on a video screen. 60th anniversary of Disneyland exhibit. Uh, if anybody saw the Ronald Reagan thing they did at the Ronald Reagan Museum, which was amazing. So I'm intrigued by what they'll do here. Yeah. All right. So on that note, we'll wrap things up and we'll see everybody next week.